songs and even I don't know if any of you have had a chance to read it yet, but the word that Kerry shared in the chat there has just all been confirmation of where I think God, uh, where he wants to take us this morning. This has been a bit of a, a battle and a bit of a, um, a wrestling match for me this week. And like, I'll be honest, there was a point where I thought, Lord, this is just, it's too simple. It's too basic. I'm better to just stay away completely. And I almost text Murd to say, I'm not going to do this because um, I don't have that sense of connection with God when actually all of the time it was there and I just had uh, let things get in the way of it. And actually, I think that's what he wants to do this morning is just remind us of some of the basic, this is basic stuff that you're going to hear this morning. And next week, we'll maybe push in a little bit further to some of the uh, heart search and stuff. But this, I hope God wants to meet with us i know he wants to meet with us and i hope that that'll happen this morning so um it's good to be here with you and i hope you can all hear me all right just give me a thumbs up if you can hear okay uh, that's good it's good thank you um it's a bit strange thinking like this this sunday last year was actually easter sunday and it seems like where has that year went to where um like there's been so much that has happened in all of that it's crazy and uh, I, I want us to look back a little bit as we begin to, like everyone's looking forward and everyone's wanting to rush ahead and we want to get out of this season as quickly as we can. And there, there's many reasons for that and there's many good reasons for that. But I just want us to look back this morning before we look forward. And uh, I want us to go back just a few months before Easter last year to the beginning of 2020. And this is my... Um, I guess my sarcastic, dry Irish humor, I find this sort of thing funny, is that at the beginning of 2020, uh, I don't know if you remember, but it seemed to be that everywhere, every church, every minister, everyone who was teaching had all these 2020 vision uh, sermons or uh, a renewed sense of this is a new year, this is a new decade, and this is what God's going to do. And the funny thing is, not one person saw what was coming. Not one person. And yet in that, I think there was something that they that we were sensing, I include myself in that, we were all sensing there was a Kairos moment. This was a, an opportune moment. There was something that God wanted to do vision-wise that I want to just press into today. Because I think looking back on that and as we look with hindsight in the last year what if God has wanted to renew our vision what if he has wanted to give us fresh vision but it's not in the way that we envisaged in fact it's much more simpler than that but actually that doesn't make it any more easier for us um so like over the last year, I don't know what your most common prayer has been. Maybe it's been for loved ones who are sick. Maybe it's been you've been finding it really tough at work. You've maybe been looking for work. Maybe that's been for your neighbours or your family members or for this coronavirus to go in Jesus name. Whatever has been your most common prayer. Uh, my Mine, as I've looked back, I've realised has been this prayer of Jehoshaphat from 1 Kings 15, where he says, um, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. 
I found that over and over and over again, I've had to bring my heart back in moments, time and time again in the last year. Lord, I don't know what to do here, but my eyes are on you. So there's been moments where, like, like leaving you guys in Carlisle, that was one of the most painful and difficult moments for us as a family where uh, we knew God was leading us into that. And then coronavirus and the lockdowns and everything came and we're like, Lord, what do we do? We don't know what to do. We need to keep our eyes on you. And as we came back home and resettled in the community here and found that really difficult in the current circumstances, Lord, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. And then a few weeks after being home, I lost my best mate, Scotty, in an accident in his work. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do. What's going on here? My eyes have to remain in you. I start a new role. Things seem to be going well. Then a few weeks into it, boom, back into lockdown. Where does that leave me? Do they still want me in this role? How can we do things? Lord, I don't know what to do. My eyes are in you. And then just before Christmas, as I shared with you earlier, we received the news that my dad was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And it's like, Lord, I don't know what to do here, but my eyes have to remain on you. And I find that difficult at times, if I'm honest. And you see, I've heard so many, as you probably have, prophetic declarations of what God's been doing in the last year. And I don't think there's a one size fits all. And I think it's actually more simpler than what we've uh, overcomplicated it with. For me, he's been teaching me this. And so I just want to share this with you. What if God has been saying to us, fix your eyes on me. Look, look at me. Look at me. And I've had moments of encounter and, and moments where God's just um, brought this, brought further understanding in this that I want to share with you this morning. One of these being recently, um, Sophie woke, uh, she'd been in bed for a couple of hours and she woke crying her eyes out. And I'm running upstairs to see if everything's okay. And this happens in our house whenever they see bumblebees and they get afraid, whenever they fall and hurt their knees whenever they've got into some sort of a, a temper and they can't get themselves out of it, there's one thing that consistently um, seems to bring calm and a peace. And it's these words when I say to her or to Eden, Sophie, it's going to be okay. Just look at daddy. Do you trust me? Because I'm here and things are going to be okay. And in that moment, I felt God, as I'm embracing Sophie, I felt God saying, why do you not get this, Ricky? This is it. This is what I'm trying to show you. And yet you keep pushing away. And I'm like, I don't think you're right, God. I keep my eyes on you. I've been doing that all year. He's like, no, but I am your father. And much more than that, I'm, I'm a God who knows everything that everyone has ever had to go through. That's what makes me different to every other God or every other coping mechanism out there. I understand everyone's pain. I feel their pain as a loving father. I know what it's like to lose a child. I know what it's like to be rejected by friends, just like Jesus was. I know what it's like to be betrayed by friends. I know what it's like to have family issues. I know what it's like to suffer unjustly. 
I know what it's like to have to face certain death. So fix your eyes on me. Trust me, because everything is going to be okay. And I left downstairs feeling a little bit rebuked. And uh, about a week later, I was in one of the, the appointments with my dad. And I was just having a stinker of a day, really. Um, I was grumpy before I left the house. I every, every car seemed to be getting in the way as we were going down. Then um, the appointment took about five hours whenever it's only meant to take an hour. And I, and I just, honestly, it was just being grumpy. Um, and I'd lost all sense of peace. And I was going down the car and I was giving off to God. Um, and the next morning I'd arranged to meet this uh, retired pastor. He's a mentor of mine's. Uh, and we went for a walk in the forest and I was just giving off to him about everything. And he just stopped me for a moment and he goes, Rick, I just want to remind you of the words of there's that old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And he goes, the line in it is, there are these lines say, oh, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. And he's like, don't know what that means. Just going to throw it at you. I, like, I think I know what God's trying to say here. And I don't know about you, but I've been chatting to a few people this last little while, and it's felt like that this past year for so many people, where we felt pain, we felt a lack of peace, and we know what we should do. We should fix our eyes on him. But we found it incredibly difficult. Maybe you haven't, and that's great. You can help others in that. But I think the majority of us have struggled. Maybe that's been because the, the lack of gathered moments that we've had. That's what we were so used to. That was our default. That's all we knew. And, and I think there's always going to be a place. Of course, we need gathered moments, whatever those look like, because that's how we're wired. But I think looking back, our disciplines, our daily routines, our habits, the things that form us weren't fixed in God. We were caught up in this attention economy where everything else around us, we would rely on getting a big tub of ice cream and sitting down and watching Netflix. We would rely on being able to shop and have things right away. We would rely on uh, medicines and all these things that were just readily available. And yet we had hope. We had the answer. We had the one who's promised not to leave us or forsake us all along. And our eyes just haven't been on us. So maybe the refixed version, the refixed moment and focus has been, we need to fix our eyes on him. I don't want to challenge us on that, but I, I, I don't want you to feel any sense of condemnation or shame or guilt in this, because that is not of God. And what I want to say to you is, it's sort of how we're wired it's who we are as people. And in fact, throughout history, we've seen this time and time again. And so I want to share just really quickly with you a passage in Isaiah 30. This is Isaiah 30. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to it. I'm not going to read from it. What I want to do is challenge you to go and read this for yourself, because I might have got this all wrong. Okay, but go read it this week and speak. ask God to speak to you and, and to show him the things. But Isaiah 30, this is a passage that has been on my heart for probably well over a year and a half in our front room in Carlisle I had an encounter with God and he brought this 
to my heart and said, you need to begin to prepare sermons on this. You need to begin to prepare talks. And I didn't listen until recently. God brought me back to it. And he's like, you didn't listen. Your eyes weren't on me. How can I give you anything else if you haven't been faithful to what you've had already? And so Isaiah 30, to give you a bit of the context of this, this is written to God's people. This is Isaiah the prophet. What was the role of a prophet? To refocus people's attention on God and to call out where they're not doing that. <laughs> to refix our eyes on him. And so Isaiah is writing to God's people here through what God has been revealing to him. And they're in a time of crisis. They've been under attack from the Assyrians. And it's the, the, the country, if you know anything about um, the history has been Israel's in the north, Judah's in the south have been divided at this time. And this is primarily to the southern people, to the, to the people of Judah. They're under attack from the Assyrians. It's a time of crisis. And rather than fix their eyes on Jesus, on his promises that he wouldn't leave them, he wouldn't forsake them, to be strong, do not be afraid, or be discouraged, for I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. Rather than remember those things, this is what God is saying to them. This is what you did. He says, you've made plans that are contrary to mine. You've made alliances that are not directed by my spirit. And then he gets to the crux of it. This is what God's getting at. He says, without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt for help. You've put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. You've tried to hide in his shade. Basically, they didn't want to wait for God. Even though he had given them the promise, they couldn't see it. So they took things into their own hands. And in fact, they went back to Egypt of all places for help. Now, again, I want to bring that to our attention. Do you remember Egypt? If you know anything about the Bible narrative, you know there's a history between Egypt and God's people. Egypt was the nation that for 400 years, over 400 years had enslaved. They were slaves. The Israelites were slaves to them. And so they were um, filled with uh, shame and humiliation and disgrace. And God knows this. This is why that when he said, fix your eyes on me, it's not the rebuke of some controlling dictator God. It's a loving father saying, I don't want you to experience all that humiliation and that disgrace and that shame again. Because I know if you go down to Egypt for help, all they want from you is your, you as people, they're going to impose their power upon you and you'll be disgraced once again. And I want what's better for you because he had freed them from that. If you remember in the book of Exodus, he had taken through Moses, the people out of Egypt into their own land of freedom and slavery or freedom from slavery. He had given them safety. But as soon as the going get tough, even though he had promised, I will be with you. It wasn't long before they started complaining and looking back, taking their eyes off God, who was meant to be guiding them, who was meant to be the protector, and looking back to the things that they relied on before for safety and comfort and provision. Even though that would mean losing their freedom, losing the sense of safety and protection, and it would bring shame and humiliation and disgrace. They forgot about the miracles. God had parted the Red Sea. They forgot about all the manna and the quail that was provided. They forgot about this provision over and over again. And so zooming back 
to the passage in Isaiah 30, it is no wonder at the beginning of it that God calls them rebellious or obstinate children. I looked up the definition of that, obstinate. It means stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or chosen course of action, despite attempts to persuade one to do so. And even with all the stories that had gone on from generation to generation, from them being set free, don't keep your eyes on Egypt. They will only bring shame and humiliation and disgrace. Here they are, centuries later, doing that very thing because they don't want to wait on God. So what about us? What does that have to do with us? Because we might think that all these years later, and we have the whole of scripture, and we have all these stories, and we've, we're able to hear this, the, the stories in each of our lives of how God has provided, how God has been faithful, how we can trust in God. We hear it over and over and over again, and yet we just seem to park it to the side, because we can't wait. We live in this instantaneous culture where we need breakthrough right now, and if it doesn't come right now, then God isn't there wrong he's there all the while and if you think that um we we don't live these sort of lives where where we uh, where, that we do keep our eyes fixed on god let me read you verses 10 and 11 of isaiah 30 in the message and try and tell me that this does not sound a little bit like our society today so this is the people of Israel then, but it sounds like us. They tell their spiritual leaders, don't bother us with irrelevancies. They tell their preachers, don't waste our time on impracticalities. Just tell us what makes us feel better. Don't bore us with obsolete religion. That stuff means nothing to us. Quit hounding us with the Holy One of Israel. <laughs> sounds scarily familiar where we have made us the focus of everything. God, tell me what makes me feel better. Tell me how great I am. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that, okay? There is when all the world is telling you you're useless. But when that becomes our only method of connection with God, what happens is we say, stop telling me how to behave, God. Just like they're saying here, don't waste your time on practicalities. Don't bore us with obsolete religion. This is my life. This is my will. This is my way. And we're seeing that throughout society. We have put distance between us and God. We say, quit hounding us with the Holy One of Israel. Some translations say, stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. The one who has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. We have put barriers up between us and him, just like in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. It wasn't that they didn't know what was right and wrong. They wanted to choose for themselves. So the barrier that was put up between them was their own choosing. Barrier between the one who had promised to provide, to promise to journey with them, never leave. And it's been the same right throughout history. And so I want to look back in the last year and ask you, has there been times where you have felt, I don't know where God is at in all of this? God, you're just distant. I can't see you. <laughs> Can I say this? The problem isn't him. It's us. We have put distance between because we've said we don't want you. We can't wait for you. 
We're going to put our hope in things in this world. We're going to put our hope in people around us. We're going to put our hope in the things that only last for a while, that are temporal. Instead of looking to the one who says, I am with you forever. I will never, ever leave you or forget about you. I'm here. And this is the beautiful thing that I want to say about God. Is that even when, if you read through Isaiah 30, you'll see there's moments where he talks about when you live that sort of life, it's like a badly built wall and it crumbles. Just like, like not one brick by one brick, but like pottery that's smashed into smithereens. You can't put it back together again. And we try to do that with our lives. When everything seems to fall, when the floor falls out, we try to fix it ourselves. And yet, this is the beautiful thing. Get this. If you forget everything else, get this. God's there waiting. He's relentlessly pursuing you. Even when we have put distance between him, even when I've forgot about him, he was still bringing people onto my path saying, put your eyes on me. He's still trying to speak to me through my kids. Put your eyes on me. He may have been speaking to you in the same way. Verse 18 of Isaiah 30 says this, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He desires it. He's waiting for it. He longs. He longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait, who wait for him. And I get it. We've had enough of waiting in this last year. But you know what? Maybe, maybe we need to learn how to wait better. Maybe we need to learn how to fix our eyes on him better. And there's no simple solutions around this. If I want to give you some ways, I was thinking about this this week. How, how do we do that better? How can we practically begin to do that? The answer's been there all along. It's simple stuff. It's all about facilitating connection with him. These are not just disciplines. These are relationship makers. They're um, connection makers. So maybe you could try and connect through worship. Maybe through prayer, and we'll come back to that, through fasting, through silence and solitude, through Sabbath, taking time, setting time aside, focusing your hearts on him and not what's been going on in the world. To go a little bit deeper in that, here's some things that I found really helpful. And I can't say I've done this all lockdown, okay? So I am not perfect in all of this. This is stuff I'm trying to get better at. Why don't you try and focus on an attribute of God? So something about him, you know, instead of just reading the Bible aimlessly. Everywhere where it talks about him being father, read it. Everywhere where it talks about him being comforter, maybe choose that, read it. Where it talks about him being your rock, read it. Search the Bible. Get to know who he is. Another thing, start your day with him. Even if that means, okay, before you do anything else, before you reach for this, which I'm as guilty of, okay? Before you reach for that, say, hey, Jesus, thank you for bringing me through the night. I know you're with me today. What do you want to do today? It's a simple moment, a little habit. Another thing you can, that helps with your Bible readings, like look for things around your identity. This is going to become really important that we know our identity because in the world at the moment, your identity is either your nationality or your race or your gender, or your sexuality. That is not your identity. Your identity is in Christ. 
the one who made you. So get to know that because that's your primary identity. His promises. What is it that he said? I give you a simple one this morning. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to leave you. He knows what you're going through. He is sticking it out to the end. And if you want to get some help with that, then get a little prayer or a faith triplet to other people that you really trust around you and begin to um, say, hey, guys, how's things going at the minute? How, how is your vision? Are you keeping your eyes on Jesus? How's your Bible reading going? How's your prayer life? How's your worship life? Whatever. These are not just religious things. They're really important. They form us and they keep our eyes on Jesus. And I want to see a revival of them in my life and in our lives because they're really important. They've brought generation after generation of faithful people to where we are right now. And we cannot get our eyes off him. It, it would be disastrous to do so. And so I want to finish with these words in Isaiah 30, again, towards the end, where he says, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. And so I want us to do that right now. I want us to come before him and say, we are struggling. This is what I'm, this is what's bothering me right now. You know what's on my heart right now this morning? So I'm going to be honest with you here. I'm struggling to know what to do. My heart is breaking in a, in a country that has been ravaged by violence and terrorism for years. And there's a whole new generation who through boredom and frustration and taking our eyes off God, we, as God's people here, we've taken our eyes off God and get caught up in nationalism that they're out in the streets again. And I don't want that. So anything that's on your heart this morning, I want us to just... We're going to posture our hearts now and we're going to pray together. I'm going to pray for us. And I think that there's some things that God wants to do, that he wants to meet with you. In fact, I know he wants to meet with you. That's his heart. And so I'm going to ask you, um, I've, I've struggled a little bit at times with engaging uh, with ministry online. But you know what? We're going to pursue him this morning. We're going to pursue our heart. We're going to fix our eyes on him. So what I'd love you to do, is just to posture yourself, whatever way that makes you feel comfortable. What might help is just to bow your head and hold out your hands. You know, just this way where all other distractions are removed, so you can't see anything, and you hold out your hands because you're like, God, I'm giving this over to you, and I'm ready to receive what you have. So we're going to pray. So, Father, we thank you and we come before you now we settle our hearts before we ask of anything we settle our hearts before you so come come holy spirit come with the love of the father come with the protection of being the comforter come with being our guide who knows the way that we need to go who cries out, this is the way, walk in it. Who is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We're sorry, Lord, for those of us who have been really feeling like you're tugging on our, our, our heartstrings this morning, we pray that that's you, Holy Spirit, and that you're convicting us in a good way that brings life, not that brings weight or death. It brings life. 
So we say sorry. I say sorry that I let things get in the way of you. We are sorry that we've relied on things that will only end in disaster and humiliation and disgrace and shame. All of those things not from the Father. And we commit afresh to fix our eyes on you. So I pray for those this morning that need to know that he has not gone anywhere. He has not left. It's impossible for him to do it. He can't go anywhere. There's nowhere we can go where we are fleeing from his presence. So I just pray that you would help everyone to be mindful of that this morning. Those who need to hear those words, touch their hearts afresh, Lord. And just like Kerry prayed earlier on, Lord, whatever the obstacles are, I, I believe you want to remove those obstacles. It's what you're doing in the world at the minute. There was a big ship blocking a canal that was all the world trade and it's removed. It's a sign physically of what you want to do um, in the spiritual. You want to remove obstructions in our lives that is holding back heaven's resources, holding back heaven's peace, holding back heaven's love from being distributed into our hearts. So move right now, Holy Spirit. Any distractions, anything that's on our heart, would you help people just to lay it up for you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you are a loving Father who knows what we're going through and who knows what you need. And so for those of us who get impatient, myself included, would you help us to learn to wait? Not to rush ahead under this next season without having our eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of our faith. Without having our eyes fixed on a, on a loving father who wants the best for us, who's promised not to leave us. So we still our hearts and we wait. So I want to I want to just step in a little bit more and risk on this. So just continue to posture your hearts on this, because I think God wants to connect. I know He wants to connect. I hope I've been listening right to Him on this. There's three areas that He put on my heart yesterday, as I was walking and asking Him, "What do you want to say to people?" Because it doesn't matter what I want to say. And there's three areas. Bear with me, because these are quite three quite generic areas. But then we're going to push in a little bit further. So there's three F's. There's fears, there's finances, and there's family. So just let those sit with you for a moment. Fears and finances and family. He wants to remove obstructions that are stopping you from enjoying his presence, from enjoying his peace. And so... I want to just take a little bit of a risk on this. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share on each of those where I think God might be speaking on this and just continue to receive. If I get it wrong, it's not going to stop what God wants to do, but this might just help you to connect. I think there's maybe someone here who 
The fear thing is related to your neighbours. So there's a fear in your neighbourhood. And it's maybe not been directly aimed at you, but you feel it. And it's causing you a little bit of upset. It's causing you a bit of anxiety. God wants you to know that he sees you. And more than that, he is with you in all of that. And we want to pray, Lord, would you bring breakthrough and bring your peace in that. And in the family situation, again, I, I don't know why, but I just I feel like there's a connection between a son and a parent that God has his eyes upon. And he's saying, I see you. I know what you feel. And as hard as he wants to bring reconnection, he wants to bring reconciliation and an increased connection. And that maybe, if I go even further, maybe father and son, but that could just be me. But there's a connection between a son and a parent. And then finally, the finances, I think there's something related around a house or a property sale or move in that that's related to the finances. It's given you sleepless nights and God says, I'm there with you and I am working. Wait for me because I want to shower my grace and my compassion upon you. And so we just leave those before you, Father, that's connected with anyone. We pray that you would help them to know that they are seen and they are known, but equally so with that wider fear and family and finances. Thank you that you're in control, that you bring peace, not fear, that you're Jehovah Jireh, and that everything that you do is within the context of family. And so your heart is for that and reconciliation. move Holy Spirit fix our hearts afresh on you Jesus name Amen what what I'd ask for you to do is I don't need to know what's going on but I, I, I need to be held accountable on this if I'm sharing stuff and I need to learn around this so if any of that particularly those more specific things, if that's connected with anyone, can you let Mer know or let me know? Um, or, you know, if you've got my details or whatever, just so I can know to be praying for you and that I know that I'm listening right to God and all of that. Um, and if any of that distracts you from connecting with him, then just ignore it completely and know that he is a loving father who is looking over you and watching over you at all times. So, um. It, little homework for the week is around how's your vision do a vision test this week how well are your eyes fixed on him Uh, what are the egypts in your life what are the things that you rely on that would take the place of god and then um the the third thing is what are you going to do about it because it's okay to acknowledge it but we need to step into action and so like our our good chancellor rishi would say do whatever it takes we'll do whatever it takes do whatever it takes to get that connection with him again to fix your eyes on him and so um if you want you can pray for that if i don't know i don't even know what time we're at here if there's time for breakout rooms go and like just pray for each other and all of that and connect with each other hold each other accountable so bless you